Let us pray. Gracious God, pour out your spirit upon us. With your word, enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we might live in hope. We pray all these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our first reading this morning is taken from the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 7, verses 1 to 3 and 15 to 22. In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and he had visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream. I, Daniel, saw in my vision by night the four winds of heaven stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was troubled within me, and the visions of my head terrified me. I approached one of the attendants to ask him the truth concerning all this. So he said that he would disclose to me the interpretation of the matter. As for these four great beasts, four kings shall arise out of the earth, but the holy ones of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever, and ever. Then I desired to know the truth concerning the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, with his teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke into pieces and stamped what was left with his feet. And concerning the ten horns that were on its head, and concerning the other horn that came up, and before which three others had fallen, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke arrogantly and that seemed greater than the others. As I looked, that horn made war with the holy ones and was prevailing over them until the ancient one came. Then judgment was given for the holy ones of the Most High and the time arrived when the holy ones gained the possession of the kingdom. Our second reading is Psalm 149, and this will be read responsively. If you look up on the screens, you will see your parts. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel be glad in its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with victory. Let the faithful exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their couches. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and the two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters and their nobles with chains of iron, to execute on them the judgment decreed. This is the glory for all his faithful ones. Praise the Lord. The third reading is from the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 to 23. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, 
when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may perceive what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The final reading is from the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verses 20 to 31. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. But I say to you who are listening, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who asks of you. And if anyone takes away what is yours, do not ask for it back again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God for his word to us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Well, there it is. 
tucked into that shopping list of things that we find at the end of the Apostles' Creed is those, are those words, I believe in the communion of the saints. Now, for the Protestant church, that's usually just about all we have to say about saints. But what does it mean? And why do we celebrate All Saints Day? You see, in addition to celebrating All Saints Day today, we do, in the Protestant church, also celebrate Reformation Sunday on this, the last Sunday of October. And while the Roman Catholic Church has used the term saint to recognize those people of faith who have exhibited exceptional degrees of holiness and closeness to God, the Protestant reformers rejected this understanding of the word saint and how then they were viewed within the broader church. For the Protestant reformers, first following the teaching of the book of Hebrews, the reformers affirmed that there is only one person in heaven who mediates for us at the throne of God's grace, and that is Christ alone. Therefore, we don't pray to a saint when we've lost our keys or to another saint as we prepare for a long journey. For us, as Protestants, it is Christ who intercedes on our behalf at the throne of God, and it is him to whom we pray, and him alone. But secondly, the Reformers found that the word saint in Scripture really had a much different and more inclusive reality than those that were venerated by the Catholic Church. In Scripture, the saints who are referred to throughout Scripture are we, as we see in the readings that we read today, all of which speak of saints, are of a much more common lot. Simply put, the saints are those who have been blessed by God. To be a saint is not for us to exhibit some special understanding of the faith, but rather it is to have received the gift of God. As we heard in the reading from Ephesians this morning, in Christ we have also obtained an inheritance having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things, according to his counsel and his will. So that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. And then a little bit later. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what, the, what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance to the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the work of his great power? 
We are saints because God has planted the seed of faith in our hearts and he has tended it and fed it with care through the Holy Spirit so that each day we may grow in faith and understanding and become more like Christ as we come to grow in, in faith and love and that we might understand the fullness of the glory of God. The saints then, are those who seek God with pure and sincere hearts and who seek to live into God's kingdom. The saints are people just like us. The miracle of our sainthood is far more simple then than what you might expect. It is nothing more than to live each day trusting in God and not losing hope. And that's what lies at the heart of our reading from Luke's gospel this morning. And I think I have to say it helps us perhaps to understand how those who Jesus mentioned in that reading can be considered blessed. How those who have been named in that reading can be seen as the saints of the kingdom of God. Because, let's be honest, that reading makes no sense. I think it's understandable that many people in the church are just a little confused when they read these lists of blessings that Luke has included here this morning. When Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed are you who weep. And blessed are you when people hate you. And when they exclude you and revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Poverty, sorrow, hatred. They seem so far away from how this world in which we live would define being blessed. But there it is in black and white or maybe red and white. The words of Jesus, blessed are you. But we know that our God is a God of justice who has special concern precisely for those who suffer injustice. From time, time and again in both Old and New Testament, God turns towards those who are in distress and God hears their cries and delivers them. But more importantly than even this, we know that God is working out the redemption of all of God's creation and that when he has achieved that final goal, the sufficiency of God will be made manifest. On the day that God's kingdom is realized, the hungry will be no more. The poor will be rich. Those who weep will laugh. And those who are hated will be once more brought back in to community and loved and accepted. But did you notice where 
Jesus goes after this. The other key element of this list of blessings that we read in Luke's gospel this morning is that, I'm sorry, I got a little bit ahead of myself. The other key element, though, is that, it's these, that this is an ongoing process. These people whom God has declared as blessed endure in the faith. Despite all of their hardship, despite the persecution that they face, they continue to cling to the hope of the gospel and to trust in God's promise and that it is true. But perhaps most startling for us, in the version of the Beatitudes found here in Luke chapter 6, these blessings that, declare, that Jesus declares are counterbalanced with corresponding woes. It's a very Old Testament thing to do. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did of the false prophets. It is a reminder to us all that we have a role to play in the living out of God's providence in this world, that while the first group is blessed through their suffering, the latter group, which we might say has been blessed with the good things of this life already, have not yet received the full conversion of their heart to turn toward those who are in need. And so they still live outside that blessing. All of us who believe in the gospel message of God's great act of redemption manifest to us in Jesus Christ know that we have, that we live in a liminal time. That is, people of faith, we live in a moment of already, but not yet. Already Christ has come to redeem the world, but not yet has he fully transformed our creation. Already hope has come, but not yet have all the systems of this world that exploit people, robbing them of dignity and security, fully taken hold on this earth. We are waiting for a moment to be completed. But if we cling to our hope that is found in Scripture, that God will come and make all things new, this is our inheritance, Paul writes, that we will glimpse the glory of God in its fullest splendor one day. In reflecting on the communion of saints in the spring volume of Call to Worship, which is a periodical, uh, in 2014, Barbara hedges Gottel noted the, the following. She said, The reference to the communion of the saints in the Apostles' Creed is sandwiched in between the proclamation of belief in the Holy Catholic Church and the resurrection of the body. This in the creed, thus in the creed, the communion of the saints is hemmed in behind and before by the body and the body. That is, 
the body of Christ, which is the church, and the resurrected body of Christ. We remember those today, we remember those today who having served their day and age in the faith have now gone on before us to rest in the presence of God. Those who served the body of Christ which is the church and now who live in the promise of the body of the resurrected Jesus. They have become members of the celestial chorus that gathers around the throne of God to dwell in, in his glory and to echo his praise. And we remember them. We remember their faithful service, the lessons that they have taught us, the influence that they have made on the church, on our lives, and on the world. And we recommit ourselves to the kingdom, to looking for God's blessing in the least as well as in the greatest, and in making and ensuring that God's kingdom is revealed to all. Let us give thanks for the grace of God that blesses us and makes us all saints. Thanks be to God. Amen.